Welcome to the Youth Minister in Motion podcast, the number one youth ministry podcast on the planet, the show that keeps you motivated and your youth ministry moving forward. Now, here's your host, author, speaker, and trainer, Paul Turner. What's going on, youth workers? So glad that you could join me today. And if you're brand new to the show, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for giving it a shot here today. Appreciate you listening. If you're a regular, as always, I've saved you a seat front row for the best podcast in all the world. Now, today, uh, no, uh, no, no shenanigans up front. Um, I believe, once again, the content today is going to be super helpful. If you are discouraged, by the way, if you are feeling isolated, by the way, this is going to be a really good episode for you to encourage your heart. And I hope that none of you are in those desperate needs, but, but discouragement, it knows no bounds, whether you're listening internationally, whether you're listening, you know, within the United States, uh, whether you're in a big church or small church, it doesn't matter. Uh, discouragement can, uh, can get under your skin regardless because it's, it's part of the human condition. But that's why I have my friend John McAfee on today. He is a small church pastor and uh, in the beautiful state of Missouri, and he has written a book called Dear small church pastor. And I know when you maybe hear that, you think, oh, he's talking to the senior pastor. He's not. He's talking to all pastors. He's talking to every pastor on staff, every pastor in a small church who is struggling with this thing called discouragement or feel like they're isolated or feel like they're just not being paid attention to. Uh, and he has been there. He has, uh, he has been uh, a part of the small church community for quite some time, and uh, and the Lord's just laid it on his heart to bring some encouragement. And that's why I have him on the show today. So if you are interested uh, in being encouraged, stick around. I hope that you will. Uh, and if you are interested in uh, talking further about it, uh, I'm going to encourage you to join our Facebook group. Uh, there'll be a link down in the show notes where you say, look, I'm feeling isolated. I'm feeling like I don't have anybody to talk to. Well, this podcast uh, Facebook group is for you to be able to do that with not a lot of noise, not a lot of other things. It's just people talking uh, and trying to be encouraging to one another there in the Facebook group. So if that's, uh, if that's something you need right now in your life, well, then we have a place for you to be able to come talk about the show and about uh, youth ministry and about the topics that we care about uh, that, and that we talk about here on the show. So without further ado today, please welcome my guest, John McAfee. And we welcome to the show, John McAfee, longtime friend, Long time pastor, thank you for joining the podcast today. It is a pleasure to be here, sir. And uh, and we want to talk. And we, uh, for those who are listening and watching, uh, we have John here today because he has a heart uh, for small church pastors, uh, small town pastors, uh, and he has written an exciting book. We're going to get into that in just a little bit. But John, go ahead and tell us a little bit about your your youth ministry experience. Well, youth ministry was, it's always been a passion of mine. It's still a passion of mine, even in my later years. Uh, Paul and I, we go way back, what, about 25 years, 30 years? At least. Yep. Um, back when we were youth ourselves, practically. But um, yeah. youth ministry has always been a, a, a big part of, of my life. Um, God's allowed me to be able to go on you know missions trips and youth camps and and uh, do all the crazy stuff with youth but uh, youth discipleship has always been a huge part of my life and and what's exciting for me about youth ministry is I have a 23 year old son now that uh, 
is going into that as well. And I'm watching him grow in the area of discipleship. So maybe, 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 maybe I've done something right. Because there's have, fruit. Have, yeah, but have you not asked him to, re- have you asked him like, son, have you really prayed about this? I uh, know, I'll tell you. Um, <laughs> but uh, the youth ministry has been, it, it was a, it's a, been a beautiful ride. Um, you can't take the youth out of a, out of a pastor, a lead pastor. Um, I still work with youth today. I'm, I'm a, as you said, in a small church, um, small church is not something to be ashamed of. It's, it's matter of fact, it's an apostolic calling. I believe that God sends you somewhere and you respond to whatever need is there. You respond to the, um, whatever the area of ministry is. And, and, um, there's just not a lot of um, active people who are called into youth ministry where I live. Uh, we kind of live in a, a more rural setting. And so um, I get to, I get to be involved in, in youth ministry, even in my fifties. And uh, the, the funny thing is, is when I was in my early twenties and mid twenties, um, I was really interested in being kind of cool and hip and, you know, you the, cool. you were hip. The, the backpack kind of thing with a guitar strapped to your back and throw a football around. Now then I'm afraid I'm going to trip and have to get a hip replacement or something if I do something wrong. Uh, but I've turned into cool from cool um, hip type persona to what I consider myself as um, I've just become a father. Um, you can't find youth pastor in the Bible, but you'll find father everywhere. And, uh, and I find in the culture that we live today, um, there's cool everywhere, but we're lacking fathers. So I ride that father, um, that father title pretty hard yeah. and, 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 and uh, try to just be uh, a dad to, to kids and, and uh, forget the cool and forget the hip. And uh, they know I don't know how to use my phone very well. And they know that I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pretty much an idiot when it comes to technology. Um, but they know I care and they know I love them. We, and, and, and right now, I've, um, we have a food program. You can see kind of behind me, Helping Hands Food Program. And we employ several youth right now at our church. And most of them are from backgrounds where it's pretty difficult. And, uh, and so I, I still live in that world of, of youth ministry uh, every day. It just looks a little different than it did 25 years ago. Yeah, you're not playing dodgeball every week. You're, uh, you've, uh, no, but I will tell a quick story. Uh, five or six years ago, I was at youth camp and it was dodgeball, the dorm leaders versus the youth. And I forgot my age um for that moment and i went absolute nuts and i was taking kids out left and right to this day my right shoulder is jacked up (laughs) listen i occasionally have those moments as well but uh i resist them all the time so i understand I, i but but I think what you're saying is so powerful because you do, your role has to evolve. If it doesn't, then you just look a little silly, but you know, that's what first John talks about, right? You have, you have, you don't have many fathers, right? You right. don't have, you don't have that. You have a lot of, a lot of other things, but you don't have many fathers. And, and eventually, um, you know, you take on that role. Tell us a bit about 
you know, the church that you're in and maybe a little about the, the ministry you have to youth there. You already mentioned that you, you hire, uh, you employ several uh, at your food bank there. But because we're talking about the context of, you know, uh, small churches and, and by the way, when I read, when I thought about the book, you know, in, in our minds, at least in my mind, I should say, my mind went to like the senior pastor, right? But that's not what this is about. This is about if you're a pastor in a small church, if you're, if you're, whatever, if you're a worship pastor, or if you're the youth pastor, or if you're an associate pastor, you know, that, 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 that term pastor, we covers a lot of ground. Okay? There's a volunteer worker. I mean, oh, sure. Or bivocational, bivocational pastors, bivocational youth workers, whatever it may be. And, uh, but tell us what about the, the, the town you're in and, and, you know, you know, kind of what the makeup is and maybe a little bit about your, your youth ministry. Oh, the, there. Okay. The town I'm in is, um, Sykes, New Missouri, which is in the kind of what's known as the boot hill of Missouri. If you ever look at the state of Missouri, you'll have on the on the left or the uh, the eastern side. There's this little it looks like a boot hill, and uh, and so I'm a little bit north of that, but not by far. And about seventeen thousand to or, or more in our our community. Um, it reaches up to probably in our school district about twenty thousand plus. Um, some people say, well, that's not rural. I'm like, I dare you to come here and tell me it's not rural. Um, we are the regional area for um, this Boot Hill area, which is a cotton, um, rice, uh, soy, and corn, and uh, just agriculture. We are the bank city for the area. We are the area where you, if you're looking for a new combine, I can hook you up um, kind of place. So we are rural, and and so uh, my my uh, very traditional, very southern, very traditional. Um, um, we have also uh, diversity in color in our community. Um, probably about seven thousand um, or plus that are in the census claim to be uh, African American. We have a uh, large population regionally it, uh, that considers themselves Mexican. Um, and then we have your, you know, Caucasian uh, in the area, which tends to be difficult in some ways if you allow it because of, of history and, um, uh, and, and whatnot. So we have a kind of diversity of color, diversity of economics. We're very it's strongly impoverished. And then there's some very wealthy people as well. So it's a very dynamic type atmosphere to to write to have a church so my church is predominantly white and older um, which has developed into less evangelism and but protecting our stuff um, kind of uh, a church and so since I've been there we've been there almost six years and um, we have started a ministry through the Tim Tebow Foundation called um, Night to Shine it's a ministry for special needs community um marginalized people we've just embraced um and uh, we started a food program helping hands food program uh, right now we are feeding about 300 kids a week during the summer um that's about 4200 meals and about 300 gallons of milk and we're a small church um we also do a drive-through christmas um we have 13 acres that we're looking to rebuild on, and we've converted into um, a, a Christmas card for the community called Light Up Sykeston with the hope of Jesus. 
And so we are, are trying to do things that are community related. I become a, a chaplain for my police department and I absolutely love my uh, chief of police. He is a brother in the Lord and I just become a great friend and the sheriff of Scott County and I are, are very close. And uh, we just become really, if you're gonna be great in God's kingdom, you all learn to be a servant of all uh, idea. And so with all of that, sometimes that causes friction within the church because um, you're feeding into a welfare program in their eyes, that is not a good thing to do. We just need to have people like us kind of mentality. Yeah. And so, so with that, we, we have, um, and, and I'm, I know we're focusing on the youth side tonight. So with that, I, I focus on, on the youth as well but it's not the traditional, this is your father's youth group kind of thing, you know, Oldsmobile uh, youth group kind of deal. Um, this is different. Um, it's very relational. It's Monday through Sunday uh, ministry rather than a big group setting. It's small groups. It's, it's, it's um, me driving a truck to and taking a youth with me saying, tell me your story. And, um, and, 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 and getting plugged in. So um, we have uh, probably about 2,100 students K through 12 in our school district. And the best we can tell is only 10% of them are church, uh, is being reached by church. So we have 90% of our student body that doesn't have a faith in Christ. And so that's become a strong uh, push for me as a senior pastor, um, a lead pastor, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. To, to reach out as a, really as a missionary to, to that group. And they're not looking for the guy that knows how to dress cool. And uh, man, that, that ship sailed a long time ago um, when it comes to, you know, <laughs> fashion advice for you. Uh, they're not looking to me anyway, but they, they love the fact that I spend time with them. And um, kids are needing to learn how to change tires on their cars these days. And and uh, they're needing to learn how to job interviews. And, and so we just try to love them through those type um, situations. And, um, but we're seeing a lot of pastors getting discouraged in these situations. And, and I guess my place here is I, I start getting a little older here. Um, I'd like to become that encouragement to say, never give in, never give up, press forward. Um, excel in that small town, that small church. So you may be a church of 120 people, but your, your community, if it's 17,000, that means your ministry is 17,000 people. Um, you're not 120 people. And, and so that's kind of the mentality that I'm, I'm, I run off of. So. Well, I think it's fantastic, John, because there's so many youth pastors watching and listening who think that youth ministry has to look a certain way. It has to look like whatever's trendy and whatever's cool. And I understand it's all, it's all age. If you're listening or watching to this and you're 25, okay, youth ministry does look a certain way. It, it does behave a certain way. Um, but even if you're that age or in your thirties and you, you can't, you know, by the way, if you're 25, you've already, the ship has already sailed for you too. Okay. Let's not, don't, you know, you don't know anything cool either. Your coolness stopped the minute you quit becoming a teenager. Okay. You're not in the in group anymore. You're playing catch up now at 25. So for those who are listening, those that are watching, just, you know, don't, don't be too proud. Okay. But I will say this is that 
youth ministry is allowed to look different. It doesn't have to be uh, trendy. It doesn't have to be everything. You know, they, like you said, they need fathers. They need, you know, uh, uh, adult supervision, if you will. They need somebody to speak into their life. They need to work with food programs. They need to, you know, drive along in a truck with their pastor and, and, and go, you know, on, on, you know, what are hospital visits or, or do things like that. You know, it doesn't always have to be that true discipleship isn't always, you know, about programming, you know, it's, it's not just about what you rather. <laughs> yeah. It's not just about what's on the calendar. Right. And, and in fact, I would say, you know, I said in the last episode that programming is oftentimes the enemy of authenticity. Uh, that we can program relationships right out of the existence because we're not taking that kid with us. They're, we're not spending time with them. We're just running program and hoping everything goes okay and that the number right. will reflect our, how good we are, which is totally not about us. So I appreciate you talking about that, John, because so many youth workers need to hear that youth ministry doesn't have to look like that. But I also hear your heart about discouragement. Because, uh, you know, being a youth pastor for 30 years, it certainly has struck home with me. I've talked about it here on the podcast and on, and on YouTube here, where uh, it is a, it is a uh, nemesis. It comes at un, inopportune times, and it stay, it's a guest that stays too long. And so, but that's what we want to talk about. I want to talk about your book, Dear Small Church Pastor. Tell us a little bit about what inspired that. For, you know, you said you're pastoring this church for six years, and so you certainly have perspective on that. But what did you say one day? I mean, was was it a a thing where you just sat down and said, "Man, I hear, I'm just hearing so many things. I just, I feel like I gotta express this somehow." How did how did this come about? Well, it I'm not that intelligent of a guy. <laughs> Academics is not my strong suit. And, uh, if, if, and if you remember me back so, in the day, so, so far, so far, you're not good looking and you're dumb. So yeah. that makes you a perfect candidate for God to use you, I guess. Hey, listen, if you want to be a pastor, you can do it. Uh, kind of thing. Uh, no, man, I, it's just, it's a, it's about relationship. Um, am I allowed to use a Bible on this? hundred percent. Okay. I'm kidding. Just don't, um, about, just don't make a you know big deal about it, okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Ecclesiastes uh, nine, King Solomon sees something incredible. And this is answering your question, by the way. I'm not sure. going on a tangent. Um, he sees. Um, he says, "I I saw this poor but wise man," and it's in Ecclesiastes nine. You can read about thirteen through fifteen, maybe. And, and, and so King Solomon sees this poor but wise man. And he says, and he saved his city from the evil king that laid siege works around that city. And what caught my attention on that is King Solomon is the wisest man on, in the globe, on the globe at that time. Um, God gave him wisdom when he asked for wisdom. God said, and, you know, and because you asked for wisdom today, I'm going to give you power and wealth as well. And so he got the full mill deal when it came to, um, you know, this gifting from God. And Paul writes in Ephesians 1 that may God give us the spirit of, of, of wisdom and revelation that we may know him better. 
And I think to know him better means to know his heart. And his heart is for the poor. His heart is for the marginalized. His heart is for those people. So to know God better is not to understand him in simply in his glory. That, that's obvious. Okay. His glory is awesome. Yes. But he wants us to know his heart on earth and know him better. And that's what wisdom and revelation comes from. Um, we know that. So King Solomon sees this poor. I, I qualify at this point. He, somebody like me qualifies to do something for God, a poor but wise man. But he understood that wisdom didn't come. Solomon knew that wisdom wasn't given by man. It was given by God. So this poor man had a connection to God, and he recognized that this wisdom was from God. And so that's why he said it was wise. And so this poor but wise man saves his city from the evil king who laid siege works around it. And so, so many of our communities today have an evil king of poverty, evil king of racism, evil king of, man, you can fill in the blanks all day long. Mm -hmm. They've laid siege works around your city. And as a small church pastor, we have the responsibility to be wise, to ask God for wisdom, the spirit of wisdom and revelation to know him better. And so with that, I, I noticed that as we went through COVID, the, there was a lot of pastors who smiled at the camera, smiled in front of the people, but they cried in their office. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of pastors who were leaving the ministry by the droves during COVID. And it really bothered me because we have so many small communities of, of, of 300, 500, 2,000, 10,000 throughout America, from Alabama to Florida to Missouri, whatever, you know, we all have our rural settings. And, these, and, and if we lose our rural, small church pastorate, 80% of our church in America across denomination lines is, is under 200 people. Yes. 80%. Do you know how huge the small church is? <laughs> it's the biggest thing in the world. Uh, the small church is the biggest family in the world because we are connected. And, and so I was one day on Facebook, I just saw this. It was just one day. It was just, I saw several pastors, just discouragement, 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 discouragement. And I'm like going, what in the world are we doing? But then I started thinking from the idea of a pastor and I wrote, I sat down at my computer and I went, Dear small church pastor, I had no idea what I was doing. And I basically just said on Facebook, don't get discouraged. Don't, don't do this. And so it received a pretty good amount of, of likes and thank yous. And so a couple months later, I thought, man, I'll do that again. Dear small church pastor. And I wrote another one. Well, I had been writing for that last couple of years, just some thoughts and just from pain and from bad choices and, um, you know, just life um, and become, I was just writing some transparent thoughts down and, and I, and I was reading some of my stuff and I put the dear small church pastor at the beginning. I was like, I wrote letters when I was writing this stuff. These things can be formulated into letters. 
And so I went through each of these writings and, um, you know, you remember our good buddy Chuck Tate, right? Sure do. Yeah. Well, Chuck Tate wrote a book um, about 41. Yep. 41 will come. And the funny thing is, is when I finished this, I had 41 letters. Wow. And now I don't think, I don't know if it has anything to do with Chuck or not, but, um, but I would, if I was you, I would pick up that book. 41 will come. Awesome book. And, and he's a friend of ours. That's right. Chuck has given you his he, he used to be He used to be a cool youth pastor. Now he's a cool pastor with cool yeah. hair. Yeah, he does. I don't have any hair anymore. <laughs> but he, I, I, I uh, began to just write and formulate these into letters. And I didn't know what I was doing at the time. So a buddy of mine, a pastor in St. Louis, I went to college with, I told him what I was doing. He's like, you got to write this. You got to put this down. And, uh, and so I sent it off to about four or five different pastor friends of mine in the, in my district and, and said, just be honest with me. And every one of them said, you got to print this. You got to print this. And I was like, do I, do I, I don't know. I don't know how to do it. And so anyway, I, um, back in September, this friend of mine had a couple ladies in his church that had been involved in editing and stuff. And he goes, let him read it. And so they sent, they, they cleaned it up a little bit, but um, needed a lot more cleaning up, but they did a pretty good job. And I, I started looking at different printing companies and I was like, man, I probably should do this. And, and I thought, I, I, Lord, I'm, I understand in Bible, you know, whenever somebody puts a, a fleece before the Lord or whatever, because I don't, I mean, why would God want me to do this? I mean, I, I mean, good grief. Look at who I, I mean, I, I, I'm just me. And, uh, and so I, I said, God, I can't afford to do this. You know, I'm telling God, you know, God's saying, I want you to do this, but Lord, you can't afford to do this. That's what I was saying to God. And so I called several places and talked to them and three companies said, nah, that's not what we're looking to do. That's, and uh, three or four of the companies said, man, we'd really entertain this. And um, so I went with Zoo on Press and I called them, I kid you not, on October 30th. And I said, I don't know what I'm doing. And he goes, you're a pastor. And I said, yes, I am guilty as charged. He goes, no, no, no. He says, listen, he says, we have a 50% off discount today or through this month of October for pastor appreciation for pastors who want to publish a book. And uh, it goes off tomorrow. And I was like, uh, let's do it. Yeah. I didn't even talk to my wife about it. I just... I, I went home and I'm like, I may have goofed up here. Listen, no, as wives, wives do understand a good deal, though. Yeah. 50% off. Yeah, that's what, I just want you to know I saved you some money today. <laughs> that's, it. that's it. Yeah. And, uh, and so, um, and so, and, and so I submitted it, everything and, and um, from January to about March, um, uh, I had to relearn MLA, hand, you know, handwriting stuff and uh, uh give credit to people um and it was just it, and, and so the process of going oh i know why i i've always wondered why 
these hip, cool pastors who write books use a King James version? I know now. It's public domain. <laughs> exactly. And it's easy <laughs> to, to do. Um, yeah. And so anyway, and, and I just started that process. And about three weeks ago, I got a box in the mail that had a couple free copies of it in there. And it was just a surreal moment. And and to be honest with you, I'm still a little bit nervous about it yeah. because um, I know the author and, uh, and, uh, and, and it was never something that I, I ever thought I would do. And, and so I, I just wrote these 41 letters and I tell in the beginning of the book, don't read this like a book or a novel or a how-to, trust me, it's not a how-to book, but just walk out to the mailbox pick up a letter from a friend, read it. And then you may put the book down and a month later, pick it back up, walk out to your mailbox and you get a letter from a friend. And that's kind of the way it's generated is, is so it doesn't matter if you're a youth pastor, it doesn't matter if you're a male lead pastor, female lead pastor, youth pastor, Sunday school teacher, it doesn't matter. Right. It's written simply just to encourage those of us that are boots on the ground, in areas that you have to be called to be um, and, and encouraged to be there. So, yeah. And you're, listen, those that are watching, those who are listening, listen, the, John's seasoned. He's been in ministry a long time. And, and like he said, he, the, the role of, of, that he wants to take uh, in this book is simply to encourage and imagine going, I mean, anybody that goes through COVID as a pastor is, is qualified to talk about that. I think because, the times were so discouraging. The times were for many of those pastors, like you said, uh, that many of those pastors just left. They just they just felt like they couldn't handle the, the pressure, or they they just weren't ready for the times. And or, or or like we were talking about earlier, you know, sometimes you know sheep bite, and uh, and you know terrible things happen, and you know they just can't they can't handle that. So, but you have uh, and I, for for those that are, are listening and watching. Give the people a context here. You have a letter prepared, I believe, that yeah. you're going to read to them. And I, and I hope this is, I hope that you guys hear this. And I hope that what whatever John reads is going to be encouraging to you and that you'll sense, um, you know, John's heart about it because he really wants to encourage you as youth workers or pastors or associate pastors or whatever your role may be, kids pastors, whatever your role may be, uh, that this is a book of encouragement like John said, it's not a how-to book. It's not a, uh, you know, a manual. Uh, you know, it's a, uh, it's simply a letter from a friend. So, uh, John, tell us uh, if, if there's any context or anything like that, or if you're just going to read it, whichever, whichever one you want. Yeah, I mean, dramatic. I don't know anything like that. You know, we've all read the Psalms, and we read, we know that Psalm 117 is the shortest, you know, Psalm, and Psalm 119 is the longest Psalm. Um, in a sense, there's a little bit of that. Um, some of these letters are very short, and some of them are, are, are lengthy, and, um, and it all depends on the content. Like, I share stories. Uh, my daughter, she is 19 now. When she was four, was diagnosed with cancer, and we were told if she didn't have uh, surgery uh, within the week that it, we would lose her, and um, that's, a, that's a, a season of pain in my life. Um, there's, there's, I, I tell stories in there about, um, I remember telling God, um, um, I, I pastored in Wisconsin and I had to snow blow, um, every morning we lived on a very busy intersection I had three acres of church 
on this intersection and it had sidewalk and and you had to be <laughs> you had to to every morning from November through March you had to snow blow that by the sidewalk every morning or you would get cited by the city and you'd have a ticket a ticket well three acres on a corner is a lot of sidewalk that's a lot and one day the snowblower messed up and I I yelled while I was on the sidewalk it's like three below zero and I shut you know and I, I I said I yelled it to God and said God this is a real fine way to use a bible degree and I yelled it. I mean, I mean, I it wasn't quiet. I yelled it. I took that, that snowblower and I pushed it back to the church garage. I shoved it in there. I don't care what it hit. I slammed the door and I walked and I got home and, and I had snow all over me because it had exploded. And, and, and I looked at my wife and said, I don't want to hear it about this beautiful snow right now. I, you know, I hate this place or whatever. And a little bit later on, I had a time with God and God spoke to my heart and said, I know a good way to uh, use your Bible degree. And, and I tell that story um, in, a, in a letter in there. But the letter I'm going to read right now is a short letter. Um, it'd be more kind of like your Psalm 117. Um, and I think it says, Dear Small Church Pastor, Sometimes we all may feel as though we have been banished to the Isle of Patmos. The Isle of Patmos was a small island with the main purpose of being isolation for those sentenced to life in prison. More than likely, Patmos was a mining island that, uh, that used prisoners as slave labor during the Roman Empire. John had much different experience when he was banished to the Isle of Patmos than his fellow prisoners. He experienced one of the greatest revival services ever attended by anyone in the Bible and, and, was, only, and, and was only attended by John and Jesus on the Isle of Patmos. Jesus said, come up higher. Desire his presence and not the adoration of man. Serve him with faithfulness, obedience, complete surrender. You might feel isolated, but you are never alone. God said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I am with you until the end of the age. If you feel all alone, listen. Can you hear him saying, come up higher? Faithfully serving Jesus, John McCaffrey, small church pastor. I love that so much. I love how you, I love that you sign them. I love that you sign them that way. Just because, you know, like I said, it's a letter from a friend. It's not a, it's not a how-to. It's not those things. It's a personal letter that anybody could read. And anybody's listening right now heard that and said, huh, I'm a small town pastor and, and I struggle and I watch and I, I watch it on, you know, Facebook uh, message boards. I see it on, you know, the people I coach it's, it's, you know, people that are listening to that, man, I hope, uh, I hope that helped you. I hope that fed your heart a little bit uh, that said, listen, come up higher, get with Jesus. You know, you're, I, you feel isolated. You feel like there's nobody else listening to you. You feel like nobody is paying attention to you. Well, let me tell you something. Jesus is paying attention to you. He is right there in the midst of everything you're going through. John, that is really, really something, man. I, if that's, that's just a taste of, and there's 40, there's 40 other letters in there that yeah. if read uh, as a daily devotional or as, you know, however people want to read it, uh, it's a good dose um, 
a good dose of inspiration, a good dose of uh, compassion and empathy, I think, that youth workers, pastors, uh, anybody working in the church really could use um, at any season of their ministry, whether they're just starting out or whether they've been doing it for 20 years. So uh, it, is a, it is a great letter, and it sounds to me like it is a fantastic book. So first of all, thank you for writing that. Thank you for thinking of pastors in small churches uh, who are struggling still even in this post-COVID uh, era that we're in. And, uh, but, you know, we're, we're watching the numbers and you've seen the numbers that, you know, isolationism, loneliness is up. That's across the board in every area of work. The church is not, um, uh, is not uh, you know, um, absent from that. So, you know, the, if you're listening, you're watching and you feel that way, uh, this book could be, a, could be a tremendous inspiration and tremendous help for you. Uh, so, John, thank you for writing that. Tell us a little bit about uh, where people can find you, John, and especially where, let's start with this. Where can people get the book? Because I'm going to put all that in the show notes anyway. So where can people get, it's not even out yet, right? It's not even launched technically. No, it, it comes, uh, well, e- ebook is out uh, as okay. of June 30th Okay. on all kinds of platforms. Um, the hard copy paperback will be out July 10th, which is this Saturday. Um, people are pre-ordering it um, through different ones. But the easiest way for me right now, um, I, I, I made a, a website. And part of this is a learning um, for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called johnmcafee.com. Um, I can make sure that I spell it properly for you here in a minute. But um, on johnmcafee.com, I have all the links to um, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Target, Matter of fact, I was, if you look up Dear Small Church Pastor, um, what's really fun, and, and this is just the innocence of me being new to this, um, is looking at it in all these different languages. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I don't even, and uh, it's a lot of fun, but like in, in, the, in the book itself, I have four, um, four categories that I, 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 I try to stay within. It's, there's, there's a level of encouragement that we try to give several letters to um and i and i have a, a section called occupy it's um personal story that where i don't not to give up um stay in the stay in the battle um winston churchill never give in never give in you know um his his famous and then um i, I have one on obedience a section on obedience um and sometimes it's just god says stay and and um you stay um, God says, be quiet, you be quiet. So a section, and then I have one on pain and, and, and self-care. So four sections of, of this book. And so it's it's in um, what I call tree form, which will come out on July the 10th. And then the E form was out on June 30th. So well, yeah, um, that, that, if you're listening right now, go over there, go to go to the website, go to johnmccaffey.com. And go ahead or go to Amazon or wherever it may be and get yourself an ebook right now. If you need some encouragement, if you want it in German, you can find it. There, and we do have a great international listening audience, by the way. Okay. Uh, lots of people from across the, across, across the globe listen to this podcast. So uh, if you are wherever country you're in, you can probably get it in your language uh, because I know there's people in other countries. Uh, discouragement knows no bounds. <laughs> and whether you're a church in Uruguay or you're a church in Russia or you're a church in Germany, wherever you are, uh, discouragement will find you because it's, right. it's a human problem. 
but in the church it's exacerbated uh, you know for many reasons but uh, John thank you so much thanks for being on the podcast and thank you for sharing let everybody know where they can know they can reach you on John McAfee or all your socials there as well if they want to follow yeah, you uh, John McAfee.com you can, John McAfee um, on Instagram and Facebook this, that's how you spell it um, on there as well but I also have a link on there for an email. Okay. So I have to just hit the link and, uh, and you can email me, but um, I'd be happy to be your friend on Facebook and follow you on Instagram and um, just do life together as we serve our uh, fellow man in, in pastoring in some pretty small areas, pretty small churches. And let's just do it together. Let's do it together. Perfect, John. Perfect. Thank you so much for being on. And uh, if you're a small church uh, pastor of any kind, go grab the book today. It's going to encourage your heart. John, thanks for being here. Youth workers, I hope that you were encouraged by this interview today. I was encouraged by this interview today, you know, because discouragement uh, can find us all, whether we're working in the local church or whether we're doing a podcast. Uh, discouragement's a part of the deal, but thank God for people like John McAfee who, is, who are stepping up and writing uh, things like this book and he's writing these letters to us you know and saying hey listen uh, you can make it uh, you can uh, you can overcome this uh, you can uh, you can fight your battles and win thanks again for hanging out with me for just a little while i hope that your heart is encouraged all the links in the show notes and until next time guys remember remember if nobody's told you lately that you're doing a good job you're doing a good job Paul said so, okay? If, you, if anybody asks you, say, when would you encourage us? Paul, this guy on this podcast, told me I was doing a good job, and, uh, and I believed him, so that's good. Just believe me when I tell you, you're doing a good job, and you're only going to get better. That's it for today, guys. We'll catch you guys in the next episode.